Hi everyone, this is Jamak. I am the creator of Data Mesh, uh, the founder of Next Data. We are reimagining what data sharing could look like if data was a product, if independent teams and individuals could share their data as a product, and if we lived in a world where AI, ML, analytics could be powered by independently owned and responsibly shared data. So that's our vision. If that's appealing to you, if that interests you, we are growing our team rapidly and we need you. If you're a distributed systems engineer, product manager, or a designer of a large-scale PaaS SaaS infrastructure, we'd love to hear from you. Please check out our careers page at nextdata.com. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. This episode is part of a longer interview I conducted with Jamak Dagani, who's the founder of the Data Mesh concept and is sponsored by her, her company, her startup Next Data. The goal of these conversations is to dig deeper into specific topics rather than skimming the surface and really discuss Shemak's view of the now and the future of Data Mesh. What is possible now? What can we do to set ourselves up for success in the, in the future? And what is our ideal picture in that future once we have the ways of working and the tooling more figured out? Hopefully, you get some great insights as well as seeing the other side of the funny and wonderful person behind the Data Mesh paradigm. Please do follow Jamak as well for more interesting insights to keep an eye out on what she is working on. I think you'll be very interested and excited. Now, up next, I'll give a bit of my summary of the episode. So you might focus on a few of the nuanced points that Jamak makes. Sometimes she says some things that are kind of like a picture, right? Worth a thousand words in and of themselves, even when she says one sentence. So with that, uh, let's go ahead and hear some fun music, and then we'll get into that summary. Episode 273, an API-first world in data integration, an actual modern data stack. Max Corner number 31. So we start this episode with a bit of the audio from the last episode of how one of the big challenges in the data space is data tooling categorization. We keep trying to put everything into a little box and then we say, okay, you know, just to be able to understand it. It hurts innovation, and we will need to see a big shakeup in general to how we think about data tooling, data offerings, to really get past and start innovating in data again. Our tools are put into boxes, so the tools deliver to the expectations of the box they are put into, and we're not seeing these people kind of break out again because everyone's just like, oh, well, there's so many tools out there. How do I understand you? Oh, I must put you in a box instead of allowing us to actually change what's going on out there. In general, so much time and effort in data work is just wrangling our tooling. So much of data people's time is spent on things 
that don't add value themselves. Like if this were automated away, then it wouldn't it wouldn't cause any issues. It's that's not where the value actually comes from in the work. And so we need to fix that so the data work is about delivering value. We have so many things and many advances we've done in software around this. Some of that is automating the actual work parts, but far more is automating this manual plumbing of packaging and managing dependencies and all that stuff of doing the deploys, right? A crude analogy is you want to go pee, you don't want to have to fix your plumbing every few hours. And if that sounds like I'm peeing too much, remember everybody out there to stay hydrated. <laughs> so data containerization will, in Jamak's mind, will probably be more of a slow build process than, than software process containerization. There is less standardization in data right now than there was in the early days of that software containerization. Software containerization actually happened pretty quickly, but there was precedent around a lot of the concepts and some of the tooling and the ways of, of treating what they were doing because they had been doing, you know, um, OS virtualization. So in data, it might take longer for us to get to this data product containerization idea, but there is also far more incremental value to generate because so much time, so much of everybody's effort and money and all of this is spent on this non-value add work. So in general, data product containerization, in, in Jamak's mind, and I totally agree, it ends up as an implementation detail for most of the people actually doing development. You know, what we're trying to head towards is all about the development experience. It's about taking away lots of those pain points, but a lot of the vendors out there and other people are focusing on the wrong things in data again, making it about the tooling and the implementation details instead of the actual developer experience. The, the developers don't care on the software side about containerization. They care about what containerization gave to them, but they don't spend much of their time ever really thinking about, ooh, Docker, I, I really love Docker because of, and, and the, the Docker is the point. No, it's just like, I don't have to deal with this stuff anymore. This is awesome. Great, I'm going to go focus on the things that matter. And then Jamat kind of threw some fuel on the fire around the modern data stack and how it, it really didn't end up working well because the cost of integration between the tooling was quite high. You know, that's kind of one of those hidden things that a lot of people don't talk about is that, eh, these things don't actually work that well together. So we need a new way of making those integrations simple, or we have to keep going back to these monolithic tooling offerings that just kind of suck. So we need a better way of doing this. Okay, with that shortest summary of the episode done, let's go ahead and get to actually hearing from the woman herself, Shmak Degani. Uh, but that those are all great, I think, similar progression in technology that we had in the in the software space and in the data space. We're just still so far 
from it. And unfortunately, I think the challenge we have is this demarcation of products and categories. And this category is being created by analysts and, you know, being put in different quadrants. And people are just like, I talked to a lot of founders and they shared their stories in the past. And they're particularly talking to this particular company and they were building a new kind of kind of product for data collaboration and analysis told them, yep, you're a catalog. And they were, you know, sad and depressed that as if you call their baby ugly, they had this kind of a creative vision as what this product was, but they had to be putting the box of catalogs to to survive, right? To compete in the market. So I think the challenge we have right now is we've created these categories and we're gonna go through a phase of chaos to kind of figure out how these categories fit into this new operating model and then re reject right that right these categories again. So um and I think the same thing happened with with application development, right? We didn't have API gateways and APIs as a category and they came to exist and they reshuffled and impacted kind of yeah, you know, enterprise service buses and they basically displaced big application servers. And and I think the same thing is necessary to happen here. Well, and I think one thing that you pointed to there is kind of the same thing that is happening in everything in data, as far as I can tell, right? Um, data scientists, and you say the 80% is finding and cleaning data. So many of these things is is data people are having to make so many choices and do so many things that aren't value add, that what they're doing is not value add, where if that was automated, great. Now, when you think about that that automation, how do you make that scalable? How do you make that not fragile? How do you make that so that people can just focus on doing their work? And that that's why I'm, I'm excited when I talk to you about this stuff, because I, I'd love people to just be able to do their work and, like you said, not jump from tool to tool to tool, not have every tool trying to be the main pane of glass. Because I say, you know, if you're trying to be the main pane of glass, you're a major pain in the dot, dot, dot. But um, so, uh, like, a lot of what you're talking about there just keeps ringing true. And it's when you talk to people that were in kind of that software world before and after, and they're like, I, I get to just focus on what I do. I get to f- focus on deploying and, and, you know, I have more ownership because of DevOps principles and things like that, but I get to focus on building and deploying instead of wrangling. And that wrangling isn't value add. Um, so like when you think about how this could look or, or you think about what is somebody's day to day look like when they're a data product developer, do you have an idea of like, is this containerization going to have the same impact that it had on software developers, which was in a way almost no impact, but still massive impact because it was just like they just got to focus on the stuff that mattered. And and you just, I mean, you know, it wasn't overnight that it just went away and everything like that, but that, you know, over a two, three year time frame, people just had to focus less and less on stuff that wasn't value add. Like, do you have a way that you think that that happens? Because everything in data seems to be different. Every time I, I try and do a direct analogy to anything else, data always has its little fun quirks, which, you know, is part of why this stuff couldn't have, you know, before you brought up data mesh, you know, nobody had really put together all the pieces in, in such a coherent way. But do you think that this significantly changes their day-to-day? I, you know, I, I just, I'm trying to figure out 
if there's going to be pushback from that perspective or if they just get to, to have fun and do the data work. Yeah. So I think, yes, otherwise I wouldn't dedicate my day and night to build this technology if I didn't believe in it. Um, you know, <laughs> starting a company is one of the most painful experiences you can have in your life. And <laughs> I, I decided to do it because I think it's going to be hugely, hugely impactful if it's done right, right? And I would say that this is not an overnight journey. Maybe containerization had a very better chance because it came at a point in time that virtualization had already happened. And again, I don't mean data virtualization. Please do not turn this into a data virtualization idea. This, this, I'm talking about the kind of the computation virtualization. So, you know, hypervisors and computation virtualization already existed. And there was a way of, you know, there was a way paved already for kind of containerization to piggyback on that wave. For us, I think the attempts of data virtualization has been so mediocre and not helpful. Like we see this backlash against it because, mommy, I talk to a lot of customers and they absolutely hate the idea of um, putting something in the flow of their data. They really like the analytical and ML workloads are so data processing intensive that they don't want any virtualization in between. So I think in the absence of kind of standardization of compute and storage. I know we're trying to build some, but there's still fairly low level. In the absence of, you know, standardization for compute data compute and data storage in a way that allows high performance data compute and storage happen natively on the underlying infrastructure. In the absence of that, the, sh the shape of a data product container and it's, you know, how it's going to come to life. It's going to be different and it's going to take longer, I think, to have the impact that perhaps containerization in terms of run anywhere will have um, immediately, right, in the first release. However, I think just simplification of experience of building something that is structurally complete and is managed, you know, as a complete unit, just implementing that part um, is going to add so much value to the data providers and data consumers that I think we're going to get a, a, a large degree of, you know, higher performance and uh, productivity from a lot of people that are currently out of the conversation in data sh for data sharing. So I think we're going to get a big impact even without the level of interoperability that we expect we got from data containers, sorry, um, process containers early on. And that. That would be a long kind of the leg of getting data product containers to behave as software containers, that interoperability. We can have some interoperability. We are building that already right now at Next Data. However, I think that the, the first place to create an impact is that cohesive and simple experience for creating these data product containers. And in fact, it's, it's a funny, it's a little fun fact for you. When we started building this um, kind of Next Data operating system, we use this data concept of data product containers everywhere in our language. Like it was in our command line, it was in our, you know, UI, just it was in your face. And very quickly, like I realized like we cannot do this. So so what I would say is that why the data product containerization is a fundamental technology that we are I've created and we are building, I would say that's just a means to an end. And it shouldn't be in the face of the user. So we're actually cutting it out from all of our 
language that a user gets exposed to because it's just an implementation details. They shouldn't really care about the container or whatever it is. They just, just, just care about this is my data product. This is how I build it, right? This is just how I build, define, share data products, cool stuff. Uh, so I would say the same thing. Like a lot of vendors, I realize whatever word comes out of my mouth the next day, the rest of the vendors in the industry are copying it and misrepresenting it. But in fact, I would say data product containers are the least important thing that the data users should care about. They shouldn't even be exposed to it. It's really a means to an end and it's an internal architectural concept or a technical concept for people that are creating technology or maybe managing the technology might be relevant to that. But I mean, in data, I think one of the reasons around that is that that there hasn't been a means to an end. The means have been the end. Like, you know, it's not that that the tooling has been the point and that that we've had that. And so it's such a, a huge difference. So I was wondering how you think about, you know, uh, if this if if you're able to do this data containerization, how much does everything else have to change versus, you know, how much do you have to go versus how much does the industry have to change? Yeah, I think uh, in the first revisions of this, where we are today, there is no choice but, you know, a player like us is not going to change the industry as a whole. So in the first revision of it, I think we just have to work with where the industry is at today, right? We, we can't. So again, the first revision of this container and this capability is very much, in my mind, at least what we're building is designed to work with the technology available. I think what needs to change, a, a small mutation for a lot of the full stack, full integrated solutions become a bit more decoupled and API driven. So the shift that needs to happen, the shift that we see with a lot of kind of technologies with data technology. So what happened was you had this fully integrated proprietary Teradata's the world and Informatica's of the world and so on. And they got challenged by the modern data stack, which was mostly decomposing those full stack into smaller pieces of you know various technologies, many of the open source. And then the costs of integration of those technologies that actually don't play that well together uh, was pushed to the adopters. I've talked to many kind of head of infrastructure, data infrastructure, and so on at, at very advanced um, kind of technologies. And they told me, look, in fact, this idea of modern data stack is broken because once we start stitching these things together, they don't stitch really well. So we're pushed to go back to fully integrated solutions, right? So they push to go back to, you know, Databricks or Snowflake, which they give you the modern flavor of fully integrated stack, right? They have, of course, in case of Databricks, I mean, it's, it's a better case because they've got their individual technologies, but nonetheless, they want to provide you the full stack experience from storage to compute to catalog and so on. So I think in the new world, what would happen is that you want to have that kind of the, the modern data stack approach in a way of decoupling various aspects of technology, but you want to make sure those aspects are available through APIs, as in administrative, you know, functional APIs. I don't mean data APIs. Um, and then so that they can be recomposed into this new container-based approach. And that's that's the shift that industry needs to see. So it's, a, it's another swing back into the centralization or decomposition of technology, but this time with a new uh, 
approach to orchestration and is stitching these technologies together across this container concept. Uh, so in fact, just as a data point, like we are evaluating different um, technologies that are providing data security and privacy and access control. We don't want to build this ourselves right now. I think that's just a rapid fall. I do not want to go down into. So uh, we are looking at different technologies that provide that. And our first question is, how does your in technology integrate automatically through APIs and how where would it fit in the flow of access to data and so on? Again, that means you can't be a monolithic I control everything, you know, you from authoring policy to enforcing policy to, act, you know, um, configure your policy, you've got to provide APIs. And it, this was a maturity that really software engineers had, and it's a lack of maturity in the data ecosystem. If you think about like back in the day, APIs, like Kong API server and so on, like all of these technologies were API first. Like they developed their APIs, integration APIs first, because they understood that it just piece of a puzzle in a more complex ecosystem, right? Um, and that that needs to, that's a shift that needs industry need to have um, initially to be relevant to this future. So thanks again to Jamak. As a reminder, please check out her startup, Next Data. There's more information about it in the show notes. They're doing some pretty amazing things. She's hiring lots of folks looking to partner with others and just kind of check it out. As for me, please do follow up with me as well. I'm pretty easy to find. I'd love to chat data mesh or anything kind of in the data realm. Check out datameshunderstanding.com for more information, some useful resources and things as well. And Jamak and I both wish you an excellent rest of your day. Now with that, let's cue that inspiring outro music.